What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nursing Uncharted, the podcast that uncovers uncharted territory within your nursing practice. I'm Maggie Reichard. I'm a full-time medical ICU nurse and full-time podcast host for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, If you're interested in being an ambassador in your field, if you love your field and want to share what you do to other people that are trying to find their niche, email me at nursinguncharted at amnhealthcare.com. I would love to talk to you. And if you're liking what you are listening to right now, or if you're liking what you're watching on YouTube, just give us a little comment. Let me know how we're doing. Um, I love to tailor these episodes to you, the listener, and so that we can make this podcast the best that it can be. This episode, before we get started, is sponsored by Amen Passport. Amen Passport is a highly rated travel nursing app that Amen has created that helps you find, book, and manage assignments all from your phone. You receive fast track notifications when you use the app. So if you're interested in travel nursing, that is your first place to start. We have a great episode today. Um, This episode could be for nurse managers, nurse administrators, hospital execs, if you're listening, or anybody who's just interested in working at St. Jude, uh, really. Um, Today, I'm sitting down with Morgan Melanson. She is the Director of Nursing Education and Professional Development at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. As director, Melanson led the successful revision of the nurse residency and nurse externship programs, both achieving record high enrollment. She and her team helped St. Jude achieve a 0% turnover rate among new RNs over the past two years. And they also have a 0% internal turnover rate, even though new nurses at St. Jude may freely transfer to other units no one has elected to move in that period. So it sounds like their nurses are happy where they're at and new nurses at that. And we all know how incredibly difficult those first years are. So she is here with me today to talk more about their NRP program. So Morgan, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'm really glad we found you and you know we got to talking a little bit you know, before this episode a few weeks back. And I was just so it's such a progressive program. And I just felt like it should be shared and broadcasted. So other people could maybe take pieces of, you know, what could work at their facilities. And, you know, it's retention is such a big issue among, you know, we have we have a a burnout rate of nurses that are you know, needing to do something else. And those first few years are so, so incredibly difficult. And so it's, it's an amazing feat to have retained, you know, the people that you have. Thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, nursing has had it bad the past couple years. Yeah, it's been a difficult field. And our work at St. Jude was already hard. You know, it's not in easy place to work with our patient population. And yeah, it's um, definitely something that I feel like everybody in nursing needs to pay attention to. And even like you said, hospital administrators, because it's something that impacts us all. Yeah, absolutely. So what specifically, what specific to St. Jude, what is some of the things that they were seeing that they were like, okay, we need to revamp our program? Like what were the problems that needed to be solved? So, I mean, really in general, nurse retention, but really more specifically, 
the ability to provide excellent patient care because Mm -hmm. the way that St. Jude operates is we are a research hospital. And so we're in the business of developing and creating cures for children. And the great thing, a really cool thing about St. Jude is that we do it all here on campus. So it goes from a cell in a lab, a scientist looking at it to giving that cell or that treatment to a patient in the hospital. And Mm -hmm. You have to have, I mean, high quality, excellent patient care in order to know that this side effect that this patient had wasn't due to the fact that I didn't change your central dressing line or didn't do it correctly, but it's actually due to the treatment. And we know we need to modify things on the protocol end. So having excellent, excellent patient care is Mm -hmm. really the thing that we strive to have you know, at the top of our priority list. In order to do that, you've got to retain nurses because they need experience and you need to be able to teach them well. Yeah. So I feel, you know, nurse retention is the same that everybody else wants to focus on as well. It's just we have a a little bit of a different need for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you're so specialized. I mean, you you want those those patients to be taken care of and and having those nurses that are very knowledgeable in, in what they're doing, you know, that's, and it's so, I mean, those first few years are, are so difficult, but I feel like as you, there's a threshold that, you know, once you get, you know, beca- get your footing as a nurse, it does get a little bit easier. You start to get into this, you know, rhythm and you start to trust yourself and, but it, but it takes, you know, a couple of years to, to gain that, build that confidence because it all comes with time. A hundred percent. I always tell people it takes three years, three years in any yeah. job, but you know, and that's something that when you're a new grad nurse, three years sounds so far away, Yeah. you know, but it's like the first year it's all about giving medicines and doing tasks and doing things on time that your patient needs. And the second year it's Oh, I can now connect this disease process to why I'm drawing this lab, mm-hmm. you know, and then after that, it's really where I feel you grow into, okay, I can be proactive about this. I can make suggestions to the medical team and you can really dig into your care. But yeah, I, I feel like it normally takes about three years to really get super comfortable in your care. Yeah, absolutely. That tracks and that tracked for me too. Cause I feel like it, it took me, you know, probably a solid two and a half years and then, uh, and then, I, well, I started traveling, but that was, and then you get like really seasoned really then you're quickly. you're thrown for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you're like, I can handle anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so, so, and we talked about this before St. Jude. So they, they, you know, you weren't victim to staffing shortages specifically like, you know, other places, you know, that wasn't a, one of the things that you were spo- you were targeting, correct? Uh, yes. I mean, we were really, really lucky in the fact that we didn't suffer from a lot of the other really critical shortages that a lot of adult hospitals in, and in very large city, cities had to deal with. We, mm-hmm. you know, our patients are, were already used to masking and washing hands. And so mm-hmm. we didn't have a high patient volume and our nurses yeah. really kind of hunkered down. And so we, we didn't suffer that. But even though we didn't have those nursing shortages, we still did start to see a slip in retention. Yeah. And, 
and not a huge one. You know, we we had turnover that was lower than benchmark, but we had some really great nursing leaders at the time that were really focused on forecasting and being proactive and saw this downward trend of just a couple yeah. points and said, no, let's get in here early. Let's change a strategy. Let's, you know, get into this really rich resource of new graduate nurses and and try to get ahead of anything that might affect our ability to do patient care down the line. Yeah. Amazing. So this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never heard of an NRP like this before. So what was the inspiration behind starting a program like this? Did you, did you, you know, utilize this from another resources or was this completely, you know, new? So a little bit of both. Our previous, so we started our program originally in 2012 and did like most hospitals do. We hire a nurse into a specific unit, then they just join the next residency cohort whenever it started. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we revised it and really expanded it, one thing that we really wanted to do was create a community for them because mm-hmm. you know, shared experiences really bond people. Yeah. And so we looked at how to do that and we you know, talk to a bunch of people. There are a lot of great resources out there and almost everybody's willing to share kind of what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that there were hospitals that did some sort of letting them rotate through different areas, but there were all different strategies of how people did that, how long they did that. Okay. And so we kind of took the notion of letting them see everything. And we really created a way that a strategy that worked for us. And it's been, you know, we did it the first time and kind of said, let's hope this work. We did our best. (laughs) We did all the research that we could do. And it really seemed to, to work well, which, you know, is great to see all the hard work and everything that went in the back end pay off. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Well, so, you know, let's just run through, you know, what your NRP program is like and, you know, the logistics of the program. Yeah, sounds great. So we hire nurse residents twice a year. We hire usually a summer cohort that's generally May graduates, but sometimes we'll have people that have graduated in December and wanted to take the time off and study for NCLEX, things like that. Mm -hmm. But we'll do a, a January cohort and then a May cohort. And so we mm-hmm. have two really hiring cycles that we hire into. They will, we do our, all our interviews, then we bring them in. They're, they have the same onboarding day, every single one of them. So from day one, they're having the same, you know, anxious um, mm-hmm. onboarding nerves, a what do I wear nerves, kind of yeah. what's that like. And so they all get that the same day. We spend their first two weeks really doing some hospital orientation. We do all the normal hospital processes that you have to do HR-wise, onboarding. Mm -hmm. And then we spend a whole week of doing nothing but NCLEX study time because Hmm. a lot of times, you know, a lot of these nurses are, if they graduated in May, they're onboarding in June, and they haven't had that dedicated time to really devote to it. And so, yeah, you know, it's, and it's, I love that we're able to provide that for them. And so we say, take everything off your plate. We don't want you to do anything this week except study for NCLEX. And we provide some sort of structure around it. And that's varied and changed based on what we've seen worked and what hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. But we usually 
give them independent study time, but then we'll also introduce a couple different activities that will really help with knowledge retention and connecting the dots. So we'll do some gamification. We do NCLEX Jeopardy. We play some different games with them. We okay. always do fun breakout stuff to yeah. change the pace and let people's mind rest. We do a really funny rendition of Minute to Win It, which is hysterical oh, to that. watch. <laughs> um, yeah, so we make it fun and we also make it dedicated so that they can really focus on on NCLEX study. I love that. I love that the program starts even before they they, you know, become RNs. A hundred percent. Yeah. We that's one thing that we changed as well because we felt like we were losing people because we were waiting to onboard them until after they had passed. Mm. But state processes take forever sometimes. And we hire about 60% of our nurses that that come from outside of the state of Tennessee. And so then they're going through the California Board of Nursing or the Texas Board of Nursing. And that can be even more logistically challenging. And so we're losing all these great candidates because we couldn't onboard them. So Mm. we decided let's get them in early. We create a new job description for them. And then we, the only next step was we need to get them to pass NCLEX. And so we said, let's dig in and let's help them get there. So that's what NCLEX study week is all about. And it's been great. Amazing. Yeah. Have you ever had, have you had instances where, you know, it is, has been difficult for nurses because of the boards, you know, like there's a, there's a gap time in between when they can start. Yes. Well, So now that we onboard them before they pass NCLEX, um, Mm -hmm. they just have to have graduated from nursing school and show proof of graduation. So we have had some states that do take a really long time to get their authorization to test. Mm. We give them roughly um, 100, I think our state law in Tennessee is 180 days in order to pass their NCLEX. But gotcha. that has varied and been and changed also with COVID, res, you know, restrictions and processes have changed. But we follow our state regulations. And with, if we're getting down to the wire and they got, haven't gotten their authorization to test, we do often help them. If it's the Tennessee Board of Nursing, we'll reach out to our contacts there okay. or kind of do whatever we can to help make the process more efficient. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really nice it's i remember in virginia at least it was like six months or something you know just wild yes oh my gosh it can be crazy and that's something we take into consideration too which is why we have a longer period that we will allow them to um stay employed before they have to pass NCLEX. but yeah we take all that into consideration and we really want to support our new graduates. And unfortunately, that's something yeah. that a struggle they're going through. And so we want to try to help as much as we can. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So once they pass their NCLEX, what's next in the NRP program? So they actually, so we have NCLEX study week and most of them, if they haven't tested before now, they'll usually test at some point over the next usually 40 to 60 days. And whenever they get their authorization to test and then they schedule, they just let us know and we allow them that testing day. But after NCLEX study week, they go through a series of rotations. And this is what we call our clinical rotations. 
-hmm. where they'll rotate through pretty much every single nursing area that we have here at St. Jude. They'll learn the patient populations, the flow of work. They'll meet the people. They'll work a variety of shifts. They'll work inpatient, outpatient, eight-hour days, 10-hour days, surgical services, get to see inside of an OR. Mm -hmm. And so they really get to see what type of nursing environment I want to work in, what type of people I want to work with, what type of patients I want to care for. And Mm -hmm. that's really during that first six-week period while they're doing this, we don't want them to have to focus on learning different different nursing skills. They'll pick some up just through the process, but we want them to really focus on where do they want to commit their time to. Yeah. So they'll do the clinical rotations. At the end of that, we have them submit their preferences on where they'd like to work. Then there's usually because we have to run it through a algorithm and match and all that, all the, that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a lead time between when they have their preferences are due and when we have match day. So okay. they'll do what we call an ancillary rotation week where we schedule a lot of different experiences for them that they probably wouldn't normally see at their first part of nursing. Mm. And it really gives them a greater appreciation for the different types of things that we do at St. Jude and kind of a back end look at what's going on behind the scenes. So they might spend the day in the lab with a laboratory technologist. They might spend a day in the blood donor center. They might, yeah, they might go with a research nurse and see what the really research side of nursing care can look like. They'll spend a day with a CRNA or a nurse practitioner and kind of give them a glimpse of, of what other types of careers look like or people they may, may interact with yeah with the hope that it will give them a really good understanding when they go to the bedside and yes and a lab gets returned because it's not filled all the way or something like that they're like oh I sat there and and got to see that side of it so I know how important that is I love that I think that that's so important for any any orientation to have and yes. that's so easily implemented I think to have a week where you get to understand the different system processes in the hospital so that you understand like, okay, yeah, this lab is not, is going to take, you know, 10 minutes, but this lab is going to take an hour. And like, I have to do this one first. I mean, and there's so many things where you feel like maybe that's not, you know, why is this important? And then you actually get to see behind the scenes, like, this is why would they do it a certain way? A hundred percent. And they get that, too, with throughout the clinical rotations as well, because we place place we place residents in Mm -hmm. all of our nursing areas. And so when they get to rotate through the OR, but maybe they work in an inpatient unit or end up matching there, they know all of the the ins and outs of what goes into that patient when they're in the OR. So they'll probably do a better job doing their pre-op checklist or recovering Mm -hmm. the patient because they've seen that backside of it. So it creates a lot of really good connections too. They might not be nervous giving report to somebody else because they've actually met that person before and talked to them. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, there's so many benefits that we've seen of giving them that really in-depth look into everything that goes into caring for our patients. So it's a process that we really like and modify as we go. Yeah. How, how is it determined how much time they'll spend at each different unit? So it depends on, um, 
logistically where they where their possibility of of the nurses matching to because okay. if we have a unit that already has an overhire or has is fully staffed sure. we might include that unit in the ancillary week and okay. not in the main clinical rotation week because okay. we know that they won't have the opportunity to match there sure but sure. generally it's Based on feedback that we get from the units, from the nurse residents themselves, we do a lot of debriefing after every cohort. Yeah. And okay. we really fine-tuned it to how much time they need to to really get to know the area. We used sure. to do, for example, three night shifts in inpatient units, and we they got to see every unit, so one shift on every unit. But then we found mm. that they didn't really need to spend the whole 12 hours there to really get the feel of the unit, to meet people, to learn the patients. And okay. we wanted more exposure, so they might spend two shifts in a particular unit on night shift, but they're only going for eight hours. Okay. So it really all depends on what we've availabilities we're going to have for that cohort and really what we want to expose them to. Um, gotcha. And so we change it and modify it and into suiting the needs of the hospital and of the residents. Okay. And then there's, you said that there's a matching, so the unit also gets to say, like, hey, this person I think could be really strong where we're at. Yes. We use the national matching algorithm, which is the same algorithm that medical residencies use to match okay. medical students to a, pro to a residency program. Yeah. We picked that because it's evidence-based, it is unbiased, it is, we put names and and numbers in there, and it gives us out a mm -hmm. very, very unbiased result, which we love. Yeah. But we really, we, we try to tell the residents that the clinical rotations are like an extended interview. They get to really see all the different places that we have at St. Jude, but people also get to learn more about them. And yeah. the residents will rate or write their preferences of these are the places that I would like to work. And the okay. units will also provide a list of these are all the residents that I think would be a really good fit for my area. Okay. And then we throw them in the algorithm. So yeah. it it's really good because we're able to see different needs that somebody might have and place them yeah. in a unit that's really going to be suited to what they like, what they need, what the unit needs. It, sure. It really tends to work out for everybody. Yeah. Do the, do the residents have like any type of like mentors during this process or is there like people that they can go to being you know kind of trying to talk through some of these things yes that is something that we have continued to increase as we've gone on my mm -hmm. nursing professional development team are really the facilitators of this whole process with our transition to practice manager leading mm -hmm. the ship along the way but they split up into what we've come to call as troops. And so we'll have two nurse nursing professional development practitioners paired with about four to five nurse residents. They'll meet okay. weekly. They'll talk about what went great, what didn't go great. We'll talk about things outside of work. So, yeah. you know, did you get your apartment set up in Memphis or your parents coming down this weekend? Any cool things that you did? To yeah. really get a good assessment of are they are they acclimating well to both St. Jude and to the city? So that's yeah. something that I think, especially when they're brand new, that's really important. Yeah. So they've got 
the NPD team as one level. Then they also have a big brother or big sister that is a resident from a previous cohort. Okay. So yeah, that's something that was new that we implemented this last year. And I think there are varied levels of engagement, just like you're going to get with a lot of new programs, but it has been an extra level of, of support that they have for somebody that just went through it. So it's a resident that's been through the program within the last year. And so they, they did the same thing. They had the same experience. They really understand everything that they're going through. So that's been something that's been really helpful too. Yeah. I could see it as being just like an extra catch of support. You know, if, if like new nurses don't need it, that's totally fine. But if it's, if you, they do need it, it's there and it's one extra thing, one extra resource they can use to feel, you know, you know, more able bodied and included. Yes. And comfortable yeah. 100%. Sometimes you just need somebody to, to tell you it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, or to say, don't worry, you're going to be fine. So mm-hmm. that's something that's been helpful. We also have recently restructured our mentorship program. Mm. And that has not fully come to fruition in, in the big plan that we have for it. But I think it's going to also provide another level of support to our residents. Because once they, you know, they're in residency for a year And during that time, they have a lot of engagement and interaction and support from their residency cohort, but also from Mm -hmm. the the professional development team that manages residency. Mm -hmm. But then after they graduate, I think there is kind of a little loss that's felt and, you know, and maybe they haven't found that mentor for them on their unit or in another unit. Yeah. and sometimes, you know, you need that little bit of extra something, especially in, yeah. like we were talking about earlier, that first year where you're like, I think I got this, but maybe I don't. Yeah. And then you make your first mistake and then you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. think the world's coming down. So I think the mentorship in that second year of nursing is really yeah. important, too. That is I I like that that resource because yeah you have all of these you know resources holding you up and and you know encouraging you to be great and that everything is going to be okay and then once you get to a year it's like okay you're good now (laughs) like well yes so that's that's great that that continues on yeah and it and you know i think we assume oh you're going to be fine. You know everything. And then we all know that's not the case. And yeah. you do need somebody to lean on and extra support. So, Yeah, and almost more so in the clinical setting because you are, you know, there's pieces that, yes, you feel like you're not new, but you're also so, so young and, you know, inexperienced still. Yes. So you're probably looking for guidance more in the clinical setting than anything else. A hundred percent. And there are things even that are, work related, but maybe not clinical that you need guidance on too. Like the first time you write your performance evaluation, that is, can be a really overwhelming process. And, and, you know, sometimes you need somebody to help walk you through that or just give you advice on, on what to say or what that looks like or how important it is. Yeah. And so there are a lot of other professional things that, that we often forget about and don't really engage new, new graduates in. Yeah. Absolutely. So I know that there's different legs of the program too. We were talking about, you know, the the 
academic side and like the clinical side, but then you also have this kind of like socialization, enculturation piece of it too. Tell me a little bit about those. So that's been really one of the huge successes of our program, I think, and what has led to a lot of our retention that we've had is not only have we focused on creating a community within the cohort, but we've also helped them bond to our external community. So we do socialization events from day one. We do a big onboarding lunch where they meet other nursing leaders and really get that one-on-one time to get to know people from the very moment that they step in the door. But we also do activities outside of campus that Mm -hmm. will both help really create connections to the work that they're doing, but also make them feel, you know, more connected to where they live, whether, and some of that is people that have lived in Memphis for a long time and are getting re-engaged in a professional way to their city. And some of it's people that have moved to town. So we'll do things like we do a a cooking class at the Church Health Center, which is a nonprofit here in Memphis, and they learn how to cook a meal, but then we're also packaging these meals for families in need. And so they're learning a life skill, but also giving back to the community, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's just something extra, you know, fun that helps you make, you know, friendships during something outside of work that you can, you know, talk about and build relationships. Definitely. And we're always looking for new things to do and are really intentional about engaging them in fun things to do in the city. We've created a a festival guide for these are all the different festivals that come to Memphis and oh, you cool. should go to all of them. So the hot air balloon festival is one that's been a, a big one that a lot of residents go to. It's been super fun. But there's tons of different things to do in Memphis. And sometimes you just need, you know, a little bit of a guide to to tell you these are my favorite things or these are the things that I've done or I really want to go do this. Do you want to do it too? Yeah. So that's been really helpful. And I think bonding them as a cohort, but also getting them engaged in St. Jude in the community. Yeah. I know you'd also talked to another um, class that you did was a... Um self-defense class. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. That was something that when we originally thought about it, we were like, can we actually take them to do this? But (laughs) um, it ended up, we have all the right waivers and everything signed. But yeah, that was super fun. And I think at first, the very first group we took, they were like, oh, what's this going to be like? And it it ended up being their favorite activity that they did all of residency. So wow. Yeah, it was super fun. They got to see each other in a different environment and got to see each other be taken down and, <laughs> you know, learn all these different moves. So yeah. it's something that was fun that they enjoy, but it also was a really important life skill yes. that I think every young adult or, or older adult, anybody should, you know, have a basic understanding of self-defense. So yeah. that was incredibly beneficial One of my favorite things that we do is we've created a partnership with a um, with some aviation partners in Memphis. And so we take them to go do a flight simulator, which is super cool. If you've never done one, I totally recommend it. Yeah. But it's it's creates a connection in the safety realm because so many things that we do in nursing are double check this and have somebody else independently check this. And a lot of that is spurred from 
aviation practices have been put mm. in place. And so seeing how, how safety is engaged in a completely different industry, I think sheds light on how you use it in yours. So that's yeah. been something that's been really fun too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Such cool activities that kind of, you know, tie into little bits into their own practice. You know, I mean, self-defense and is, is such a life skill mm -hmm. that like, you just feel like you are, you know, taking care of yourself by just being yes. aware of those, like, you know, having that, those tools in your toolbox. I feel like there's just an overwhelming sense of like St. Jude having so much, you know, empathy and compassion for their nurses and like in so many different ways, like you're really trying to do everything you can to make sure that to set them up for success. And like just in, you know, listening to you talk about the different programs like that, it's just very refreshing to hear. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we work hard and we, you know, we want our nurses to be happy at work and at home. Yeah. And there's so many things that you don't learn later in life. It, you know, how important a retirement plan is. Oh, my gosh. Somebody yeah. told me that earlier. I would have loved it. And, and so we bring in a financial advisor that works, you know, with our retirement company that we contract with. And we get them that information because what, yeah, so many things that you don't know and really helping take care of them and grow as people is something yeah. that is really fulfilling as, as an experienced nurse to see us really leading the next generation of nurses as cliche as that sounds, but yeah. it's, it's really cool to see them grow. I was just talking to somebody recently about how it does seem like such a strange thing to be a 20 or 21 year old coming into this such a professional position where you have people's lives in their, in your hands and you are talking to people in the worst times of their lives. And it's such a you're just learning how to be an adult and then you're like put on this like immense responsibility and so and you're like i'm just a baby like how like how am i yes. <laughs> you know in oh this position yes. and so like you know we forget about that piece that you know when new grads are coming in they're learning all of this stuff but they're also learning how to like deal with their finances for the first time and they're making more money than they've ever made their whole life and like this is yes. the, having a financial advisor that's so smart because, you know, it's they've been told time and time again, like you have to start your retirement now because that's great advice and you can just put it off and put it off. And so so that's that's very uh, astute to like have that <laughs> awareness that and like help them in that way. Thanks. Yeah. You know, it's. We can always look back and I always think, you know, what do I wish I had known or or somebody had told yeah. me or, you know, even small stuff. So we love getting ideas from people. We always we we survey a lot. So we get a lot of feedback, yeah. but we love to incorporate stuff that's going to help them grow. And yeah, whatever we can do, we we usually try in some way. So tell me a little bit about the results of the program so far that you've seen. What, like, how are you measuring your outcomes and what have your outcomes been? 
So good question. Our residency program is accredited through ANCC. And so we have a, a certain level that we need to make sure that we really, a certain standard that we meet with our program. So for that, we, we have program goals that we set. And so we're measuring things like their critical thinking, their mm -hmm. engagement in the organization, if they precept or not. So okay. those are things that we're going to look at and really evaluate our program. How good are we doing with that? Mm -hmm. We give a couple different surveys. We use a Casey Fink, which is really the standard, I would say, for mm -hmm. transition to practice programs. We, we look at that a few times and we'll actually change different residency session ba sessions based on what they say. So if, okay. if they say six months in that they're really having trouble with understanding patient deterioration, and we see that on the survey, then we mm. might have a breakout session that's going to be, how do you recognize a deteriorating patient? What interventions do you do? And so we'll customize that per cohort based on what we're really seeing from the surveys. Okay. So there's a lot of data that that we get from that and that we that we base how really well we're doing on and really kind of the tried and true is that we look at our retention and turnover. Are we able mm -hmm. to retain our nurses? What are they doing in their organization? If we do retain them, are they becoming preceptors? Are they going into leadership positions? Mm -hmm. So really our first goal was to increase retention, which we have tremendously. Yeah. We've been able to have a 100% retention in Pretty much in the last two years, we had one cohort that we've got 95%, so okay. averaging out yeah. um, in that. But yeah, that was a really big feat for us is actually keeping them that first year and, and giving yeah. them all of that good residency support that we can give them. Yeah. So we actually track all of our residents and their retention for 10 years. And so we're okay. going to be a while before we're actually going to see that far. It, you know, the impacts of our program, but really that first year and that second year retention is our focus right now. And, yeah. and the, what we've seen so far has been really great. And I think a testament to the, the modifications that we're able to make and the structures and really the strategy that we're using. Yeah. Amazing. What were, if you can think of what, because I, I wanted to talk to you and I wanted to set up this conversation with the thought that we could take this and, you know, help other hospitals implement a program like this to help, you know, their own retention. And I know that St. Jude has a specific, you know, practice model that may be, you know, specifics to St. Jude, but I want to also try to, you know, and I want to pick out some maybe challenges that the program had and maybe some solutions that you've worked through or roadblocks that potential hospitals could like foresee, you know, in hopes that we could help other hospitals implement this structure in their hospital. Definitely. I think they're, I think that's incredibly relevant and, you know, something that we really want to share. One of St. Jude's pillars of the institution is sharing knowledge. We want people to benefit from the things that we've had successes in and failures in. Yeah. And so definitely want to share that knowledge. 
we, I think a lot of the stuff that we do, despite the fact that we do have a unique hospital, but really the structure is something that could be implemented in other places. Or if the structure doesn't work, maybe it's some of the activities that we do yeah. that we've used for socialization with our residents could be implemented at other places. Mm-hmm. Um, really, whenever I, I tell people about the way that our program works and things that we do, the number one thing that people say is, oh, I can't do that at my institution. And it's, mm-hmm. I have too many residents or I, or I don't have funding or that structure wouldn't work for me. But mm-hmm. in as a whole, would it work in another place? Maybe not. But could you, for example, we took our all of our residents to a movie one night when the Elvis movie came out. And it was, <laughs> you know, something, a movie about Memphis or a yeah. significant person from Memphis. There's also a bonding experience for them. So would that be translatable to somebody that has 300 residents? Probably not. But yeah. could you secure a meeting room and play a movie and still give them that time to bond and engage and, and connect in a different way. A hundred percent that takes virtually zero money just takes time. So there are a lot of things I think could, could be done in just a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And you had said before, I mean, one of the biggest pillars of this program that you feel like has really contributed to the retention is that extra piece of socialization and and enculturation and which frankly is more, you know, uh, uh, applicable to a hospital system as opposed to, you know, like revamping their entire program. You could start with something like that and just making sure that the nurse, new grad nurses feel, you know, like their hospital is aware of what they're going through and wants to make sure that they feel, you know, supported in all of these different aspects of their, of their lives as they go through this huge change. You know, that's, so I think that that's so important. Yeah, could be readily implemented. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most people, they, they want to feel valued and they want to feel like somebody cares about them. And yeah, there are a lot of different ways to do that. And it's not the same for everybody. And, and so taking the time to really think what's something that you could engage them with, I think goes so far and putting, Mm -hmm. and just putting in the effort with it. So I think, I think that they appreciate that and they feel valued and they feel welcomed and that they've got somebody on their side and that goes really far. Yeah, absolutely. They see the work that you're putting in. Yes. And we see a lot of engagement from them after they graduate residency, too, which I think speaks to the experience that they had and how they want to give back. We have a lot that will come and teach different lectures to the residents or they'll participate in simulation or they're Mm -hmm. a big brother or big sister. And so their engagement and their giving back to the program also really, I think, you know, speaks to how much they valued it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when are we going to be able to see, you know, you said you're going to collect data for 10 years. Are you going, is there going to be any like preliminary data that comes out in like a, you know, poster board form or like, you know, I'm just thinking about in sharing this program to other people. 
Yes, definitely. We will definitely not wait 10 years to publish. <laughs> um, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that what we were seeing was real and that it wasn't mm-hmm. a fluke from one cohort or two cohorts or three cohorts. We really wanted to to make sure that this was true and this was something that we could say, hey, if you we think if you do this at your hospital, that it would work for you too. So yeah. we have not published um, a large paper yet or, mm-hmm. or any of our data, but I definitely plan to in the next year because it, it does seem to have a significant impact. So definitely information coming, I would say, within the next two years. But I would, anybody that wants to know, I would love to share and can offer help and resources and, you know, tell you the things that have worked for us and haven't worked for us. Yeah. Where can, where can people find you if they have questions? So good question. I think there, you can always go to our website, stjude.org. There's Mm -hmm. a nursing page on there, which I think will probably be posted in the link to this recording. Yeah that you can go to, you can um, submit requests for information. There's a lot of different things. We try to keep our website really up to date. I can also provide my contact information if that's something that um, people would like to reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. So there hopefully should be not be hard to find. Yeah, Um, yeah. Well, hats off to you for this program and for having like, you know, your finger on the pulse of, of what your new nurses need. And, you know, the fact that it has come to fruition the way it has is just a testament to how, how progressive and, and on point the program is. So thank you for, for coming on and, and talking about this with me today. Yeah, no problem. Love talking to you and getting to share our experience. And, you know, that's, one one thing about St. Jude that is, there are a lot of great things, but one thing that I really love that they focus on is is providing a platform for innovation. So if you have a good idea or you think something might work, you're really given the bandwidth to do that. And this residency program is exactly that. We were had an idea and a dream and were able to really build it. And it's it's become something really great for the nurses at St. Jude. Yeah. Amazing. I and I can't wait to just like see how it evolves for you guys. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm really <laughs> excited to see where it goes and grows and we've done things that I've never thought we've done before. So I'm really curious and excited for where it's gonna go as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and I look yeah. forward to hearing from you soon. Yes, definitely. It was great to talk to you today. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in to Nursing Uncharted. To learn more about today's episode, make sure to explore the show notes at AmericanMobile.com slash Nursing Uncharted. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a guest. If you're a nurse interested in traveling, visit AmericanMobile.com to explore the largest database of travel nursing jobs in the industry and the amazing benefits that American Mobile has to offer. Also, a special thanks to producer Jonathan Carey, assistant producers Katie Schrauben and Sam McKay, and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing. Until next time, take care of yourself.